You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Whoa, it's been a long winter, hasn't it? Blessings in it. But isn't it fabulous to be back? We can't all meet in the same space for the current few months. So we've got people in pods all over the building. But I know there's a whole hall full up in the atrium. If you're up for it up in the atrium, could you give a big shout and say hello so that we can hear you down here? We just about heard you. One more time. Big loud hello. Anyway, God bless Charles and Mary and everybody up in the atrium. I saw some of you coming in. It's great to have you with us and great to be together here today. Well, I've called my message our first Sunday back and I've called it, It's Time to Shine Again. And as you might see from the photograph here, I've got a black and white photograph and loads of color. there just in the front of it. And that's all about how, in my opinion, uh, we've been living over the last eight months, really. We've had three, only three Sundays in the last eight months that we could meet. So, in my opinion, it's like living in black and white. And now it's time to add color to your life. Would anyone say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, uh, for those of us who grew up in Ireland of a certain generation, you may remember this. Anyone remember this? Okay, so if you didn't come from Ireland, this will be unknown to you, or if you're younger, obviously. But in the 1970s, as kids, this was called Wonderly Wagon, and it was the big kids' program. And I will never forget the day when Wonderly Wagon went from black and white to colour. And I remember we had a black and white TV like most people. And our cousins in Douglas, the Omanis, were one of the first in the city, I don't know how they managed it, to get a colour TV. And we pestered my, my dad to get one. And when we got one, we couldn't believe the difference to go from black and white to colour. I guess it's like going from old TV to high definition, HD. It's that much of a difference. And... It was such a big deal. My mother loved the colour. She just loved the colour on the TV. And I can remember her always saying, would you turn up the colour more? Turn it up more. More. And I remember we'd say, ma'am, everybody's faces are purple. And she'd say, yeah, great, more, more. So if some of us are very enthusiastic at the moment, you know what? That's just our nature. It's such a delight. So if my face is a little bit purple, to use that analogy, or someone near you is a little bit purple's face, you know, what a great way uh, to be. Because we're back with the people of God. Hallelujah. And we're getting closer to Jesus because praise God for the screens, but there's nothing like the real thing, baby, is there? I'm quoting another 70s song there. All the younger people are just lost and can't tune in whatsoever. Okay. (laughs) They don't. All the younger people. Anyway, 
I'm going to come out. I've got a, a scripture I want to share. To me, it's very prophetic. Um, but I want to say something that's really important to me. We've been really careful over the last year and a quarter to obey all the health warnings and do all the safe things. And like I think Michael said there earlier, like you've got air extraction Sitting in here, it's like being outdoors. It's as safe as we can make it. But I'm going to say something a little contrary to maybe the message we've been hearing for the last year and a half from the government. You know what? Church is good for you. Church is good for you. Your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, and your spiritual health. Church is good for us. I'm going to quote some facts from very reliable sources, and just to bring the balance and to bring the other side of the message and to put into context the health warnings we were getting for the last year and a half, and yes, we kept everything safe and we obeyed them and all that, I'm not coming against that. But here is what a whole load of findings over the last 40 years have found in North America, in Canada, in Europe, Australia, and some other nations. If you are a regular member of a faith community, it boosts your immune system and it lowers your blood pressure. So maybe you're staying away from getting a virus, I can get that, but do you know what? By doing what you're doing today, you're lowering your blood pressure. Hallelujah. You're boosting your immune system. On average, you will live six years longer than someone who's not in a church, and you are 60% less likely of a heart attack. Would anyone say hallelujah? Now, these are facts from people who are not Christians, from very secular organizations. I'll tell you who they are in a moment. But this is studies conducted. Now, it's all faith communities. It includes different faith communities, to be fair. But an awful lot of them were churches like this. What else? You will overcome addictions a lot faster if you're part of a church community, and you will get out of debt a lot faster if you are part of a church community. I could keep going on and on. Here's one more. If you do get sick, if you do have illness, and you're part of a church community, you will recover from illness faster. You know what? I want this to you. Hallelujah. Yeah, we follow health guidelines, but I want this as well. This is the full picture. Who said this? Was this some Christian who just came up with it? Actually, on the contrary. Here are some of the sources. Most of them are militantly secular. It grated against their nature to come out with this, but they had to come out with the facts. University of Michigan, the Center for Disease Control, National Institute of Healthcare, the International Journal of Psychiatry, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Daily Mail in the UK, most of these people are very secular. And they really don't have anything to prove about churches. But this is what it found. You can look at the World Health Organization. They come up with the same thing. The people who live the longest and the healthiest tend to be people who have a living faith and are active in a faith community. So I know all of the message we were getting is avoid crowded spaces and we are keeping it really safe. But it is also true that this is a fact. Remember when Jesus was tempted in the desert and Satan came out and quoted scripture? 
He quoted from the Psalms. What did Jesus say? Anyone? It is also written. So Jesus quoted the other side of it and put the whole thing in context. So it's important for you, as you are intentional, and you were intentional this morning about coming to church, it's really important that we get the message that, you know what, this is also true. Take all the precautions, yes, but this is true as well. One final quote from the Barna group, and they say, by raising your kids in the context of a church, you hugely reduce the likelihood of problems later in their lives and you hugely improve the odds of their living a happier, a healthier and a longer life. This is intergenerational. Our kids' church is operating upstairs, Alan, Charlene, Ashling, all of the team, Antonio, they're up there. Your children, for those of you who have kids up there, this is what we found, not we, they have found, all over. Okay, it's the Western world, but I think it's true anywhere. So let's just put a bit of balance after the year and a half that we've had, and let's see maybe what God is saying through the Holy Spirit to you and to me here today. I'm going to read from Mark 2. It's a well-known scripture. I think it's so apt for you and me today as we emerge from what was a long winter. It's Mark 2. I'm going to take some of the verses from 1 to 11 and put them up on the screen. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that there would be no closed mind and no cold heart in this building here today. And that whatever is of you would speak to our souls. And whatever is of me would be long forgotten. We pray this in Jesus' name. Anyone else say amen? Amen. Jenny, it's so great to see human beings <laughs> while we speak. Here's what the Word of God says. It's about Jesus in Capernaum. Crowds gathered at the house as word got out that Jesus was in town. There was no room, even by the door, and it was impossible to get into the meeting. And four men had carried their paralyzed friend to the meeting so that he might get healed by Jesus. But because the crowd, because of the crowd, they could not get in. So they went up to the roof and dug a hole in it and they let the stretcher down through that hole or through that opening. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. And once he was healed, the man got up and walked among them. Hallelujah. There's a lot more going on in this portion of scripture. Feed your soul during the week and read the total chapter. But with the time that I have here today, I want to highlight just a couple of important points. And I do believe that they are quite prophetic. We're told that because of the crowds, there was no room even by the door, and it was impossible to get in. That door down there was locked for almost eight months of the last year. It was locked. It was almost impossible, other than three Sundays, it was impossible to get in. The Irish government took probably the most conservative approach of any government in Europe and locked down the country longer and 
uh, more extensively than most others. They wanted to get the virus rate low, and apparently it seems to be low, and Cork is low, and all of that. But you know what? Whatever it is, it was almost it was impossible to get in. And so you and I are here today, and we have lived through a historic event. You're probably saying, I never asked to live through a historic event, <laughs> thank you. I'd rather not having lived through it, but we have. So we've lived through it. It was impossible to get in, and these guys came, and they couldn't get closer to Jesus. They couldn't go through the door and get in and come and be closer to the Lord and his people. So instead, they went up on the roof. They had flat roofs, of course, back then, and there were usually sort of steps on the side of every house, and up on the roof they would have had vegetables, storage, dry their clothes, all of that. They would have fish drying up there. That's what people tended to do on their flat roofs then. So the guys saw a closed door. And I think for an awful lot of people, even today, even now as Ireland and as a lot of Europe is opening up again, I just think there's still a closed door. And sometimes the closed door is physical, and sometimes it's in our heads, sometimes it's even in our souls. That I haven't been doing great over the last eight months spiritually, and I don't know, does Jesus even want me back in? The amount of people who are fainting, fainting spiritually is incredible. It really has been an attack of the enemy, and yet I see God's hand all over it. Because God brought something wonderful out in so many people. What doesn't kill you, blesses you. Hallelujah. So they went up on the roof instead. They weren't going to take a closed door as the final answer. You haven't taken a closed door as the final answer. If you faint in the day of adversity, how weak is your strength? You have lived through a long season of adversity. But you haven't fainted. Hallelujah. The person sitting near you hasn't fainted. Praise God. God has kept us. Will we give him glory and give the Lord a round of applause? Up in the atrium, down in Cafe Church Space. Glory to God. If someone had told you a year and a half ago, you would be isolated. You would not be able to even go for a coffee, go to a movie, see your friends, go to church. You could do none of these things. I think many of us would have gone, I don't know, will I get through that? And yet you have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We had to climb up on the roof. We had to try and make it work. And we had to go outside the box, but we did it. Maybe you've come in here today and you've got wounds in your soul, in your body, in your mind. But even if we have wounds, Jesus Christ is the great healer. His name is like ointment poured forth. What did they do? They had to dig a hole in the roof. We're all, we've all had to dig a hole in the roof because we want to get closer to Jesus and now we want to get closer to his people because you know what? It was never part of God's will that we live isolated with a screen. That is never the long-term vision of the Holy Spirit. Would anyone say amen? 
Praise God for the screens. Praise God for what they did. But it is not God's will that we, as the people of God, never connect with one another. Fellowship, community is a spiritual activity. Hallelujah. It was always meant to be that way. Why were you and I created first day? Because God, the Godhead, the Trinity said, let us make man in our image. Why? That we might have fellowship with him. That we might have friendship with him. That was the reason. So community was always a part of it. And what did they do? They let the stretcher down through the opening. Do you really think these guys came to the meeting with Jesus and said, I hope the door is locked. Wouldn't it be great if we had to go up on the roof and try and find and improvise and find a stone and dig a nice, dirty, dusty hole in the roof? Oh, I hope that will happen. They didn't want that. Who wants the hassle? I don't want to wear a face mask. You don't want to wear a face mask. I don't want the hassle of booking in. To ch- I don't want any of this hassle. I don't want the hassle of not being able to hug people. But you know what? There was a time and a place where they had to do it. But that time soon passed. Hallelujah. As this too is going to pass. But they led a stretcher down through the opening. Now remember their friend was paralyzed. He was a really sick guy. We don't know what happened, but this guy was in a bad way. I want to ask you the question. We're living in a heightened health situation. If health and safety were up on the roof, I wonder what they'd say to those four friends. Hmm? Let's put it in an Irish context. The HSE, the Health Service Executive, for those who don't know, HSE control health in Ireland. What do you think the HSE would say to the guys? Like, you and I are living through a season where they're going, oh, there's one in a million chance of that happening, or a four in a million chance. I bet you health and service people would say to those four friends, you've a one in two chance of breaking your skull. You're going to fall off that stretcher. Like, come on. I know the photograph I showed earlier on. You can see lovely, strong ropes. They didn't have any ropes. It's not like they were going up to climb Mount Everest and came with all their kit. They didn't know they couldn't get in. This is all last-minute improvisation. So I think health and safety would have said, absolutely no way. Do not... Let that man go through that hole because something might happen. See, there's always a risk to getting closer to Jesus. We risk our reputation. We risk maybe some time we could be doing something else. We risk a nice peaceful life meeting no one. But that was never God's will. But getting closer to Jesus is better for your health and for my health. That's what the Bible says. Will anyone say amen? Amen. That's what so much research has been telling us as well. And this guy and his friends weren't doing a risk-benefit analysis. They just closer to Jesus so he could be healed. Hallelujah. And you know, I think that's a bit like you today. Okay, none of us have the issues that this poor man had, or most of us don't. We don't have these big serious issues. Yet, you've dug a hole in the roof. A lot of us are going, I really hate face masks, but we're wearing them. I really don't want to be booking in, but we've done it. I really don't want to not hug my friends, or I really don't want to. I get it. 
but we've all dug a hole in the roof. And you know what? God is watching. And he sees the distance you and I and all of us have traveled. Unfortunately, he sees those who weren't prepared to do that as well. But this man, he said, now we don't know this, but I would imagine he did a click, click, click in his head and going, if I crack my skull, you know, at least I'd be doing something constructive and positive because I want to get close to Jesus. And what happened? They laid him down. He got close to Jesus. And look what happened. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, your sins are forgiven. Now, usually when someone is sick in the Bible, it's nothing to do with sin. Occasionally it is. We don't know what this situation was, so I'm not even going to speculate. What I do know is this. When you get closer to Jesus, when I get closer to Jesus, there is forgiveness. And which one doesn't need that? And there is healing. Healing and forgiveness. So Jesus sees this and he says, your sins are forgiven. He saw him and he healed him and he forgave him. Hallelujah. Jesus saw their faith. Jesus sees your faith. Maybe some of you have been here and you're going, gosh, I'm a little bit nervous. My confidence has taken such a battering over the last eight months. I'm a bit nervous to come and go into a public space. You know what? Jesus sees you. He knows the journey you've taken, just like he saw this guy and his friends. And when he saw their faith, he was blessed. It takes faith to come to church. And Jesus sees that in you. Hallelujah. And Jesus saw their faith and he said, your sins are forgiven. And once he was healed, this man got up and he walked among them again. Jesus saw him and his friends. He forgave him and he healed him. And as soon as that forgiveness and healing through the Holy Spirit came upon him, he got up and he started walking again. I prophesy some of us need to learn how to walk among the people of God again. I knew a man years ago who had a bad accident and he was crippled for something like six months, but he had to actually learn how to walk again. And some of us have taken such a battering in our souls, spiritually, socially, emotionally, we've got to learn how to walk again. Someone was saying to me, I forget all of the social codes. It's kind of gone fuzzy in my head. What do I say? What do I not say? We are learning to walk again. This man hadn't walked in a long time, but because Jesus touched him, he started walking among the people again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was a time of healing, a time of forgiveness, and a time of restoration. If you have a low sense of confidence or you've had a really tough time, you know what? Jesus is healing and forgiving today. Hallelujah. He heals us mentally. Would anyone say amen? And emotionally and spiritually as well as physically. And so the man started walking again. Praise God. He walked among them. He learned how to walk again. You see, there's a whole new season starting for you and for me. Do you know how on New Year's Eve we used to do a big celebration? Do you remember that? We couldn't do it last year. 
This is like New Year's Day. It's like the year is opening up for you and for me. A whole new season is starting. Let's remember the word of God is the same and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when God's word said in Hebrews 10.25, do not stop gathering at church, or as the King James put it, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. I know we couldn't, but now we can. And he says, do not stop it. And it actually goes on to say, as is the habit of some. It was never God's will for any Christian to live in the wilderness on their own. We are called, hard though it is at times, to live with a degree of community and connection with others. Would anyone say amen? amen? That's what we're called to be. And that's what we're called to do. And so each one of us has this as part of our future. And I... I've heard some people say, I'm too old. I've heard others say, I'm too young. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, I don't know, have I got the right education? You know, I love what the Irish playwright, Samuel Beckett, said. He was asked a question when he was getting old. And he was basically, it was suggested to him, he was living in uh, Paris. He had been part of the French resistance during World War II. But he was living over there, and this was like the uh, 60s, the 1960s. He was getting old, and someone kind of said, you're, you're past it now. And he, he quoted this, and it came into some of his writings. Perhaps my best years are gone, mm -mm. but I wouldn't want them back. Not with the fire in me, no. Now, if uh, an old atheistic playwright can have fire in his soul, how about the children of God having fire in their souls? Amen. Would the older people say amen? amen. Thank you, aged Michael. Oh, thank you. Would the younger people say amen? amen. Loads of people identify with younger. <laughs> and everyone, whether you're educated or uneducated, whether you're native-born or an immigrant, God sees no difference in any of us. Hallelujah. We are equal in the sight of God. Men and women, black and white, brown and yellow. The only people who probably aren't the same are the red-headed ones. But we won't say anything about that. I jest, I jest. Don't allow your background to stop you in this time of wonderful opportunity. And I know it's a time of wonderful opportunity. Let's remind ourselves of who we are. What is the Greek word? The Greek word is ecclesia. That's the word in the Bible for the church. It doesn't mean cathedral. It means the called out ones. The people who are called out of darkness and into the light. Out of isolation and into community. Out of just living for ourselves and living for Jesus. Out of having no moral compass and now having a moral compass. Out of having no purpose or calling in your life and into having an eternal purpose and an eternal calling in your life. We are the Ecclesia. Would anyone say hallelujah? Uh, with a bit more enthusiasm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Brothers and sisters, what's your reset? Because this is the great reset. Eight months, and we had months before that again. Over a year of all this isolation and lockdown and doors closed. You have to reset. 
It's like updating the software on your laptop or your phone. It's, it's like starting all over again, as I said, learning to walk. What's your reset? Is God going to make you a key person in the way you never have been before for the people of God? Maybe you said, well, there's key people doing this, that, and the other. Well, maybe God is doing that for you. Maybe that's what's happening. Is it a total reset? Or is it a need for healing? Have you lost your friend? Have you lost your job? Have you lost your confidence? A lot of loss this last year. A load of loss. But the God I know is a God of restoration. And I have walked with God for 40 years as a born-again believer almost. And I've always seen time and time again that whatever the locusts eat, God restores. Hallelujah. And we've had a lot of locusts eating over the last year. But our God is restoring. The sound of the turtle dove is heard in our land again. As the Song of Solomon said, because the spring is here, the winter is past. Hallelujah. And you and I get to be part of the future. We go from black and white into color. Hallelujah. And today God is saying, are you ready to recalibrate your soul and turn on that switch and say that old, old prayer that I know many of you have prayed before. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Let your will be done in my life. That takes courage. Because we've all really just looked after ourselves for mainly for over a year. And now maybe God is saying, you need to look after others as well. It's not just about how will I feel. It's how will he feel and how will she feel. But above all, how will God feel? So what's the big reset going on in your life? You know, if someone has moved away or moved on, don't let that throw you in your faith. Would anyone say amen? How many of us have sung the song? Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. No, either that's true. Or it's not true. You've sung it, I've sung it. And I'll say for one, I'm not going to turn back. How about you? How about you? Are you going to turn back? Or are you going to keep following Jesus? No matter who is going to follow Jesus. And you know what? We're surrounded by a huge company who want to follow Jesus. And again, welcome to all of those of you who are new here today. There's a whole community who want to follow Jesus, and we're not going to turn back. And in this time of great reset, we're going to say, here I am, Lord. Tell me what you want, because I want to be in your will. I'm going to call Sophia, Zosha, and the team up. We're going to sing a song that I can't remember singing in nearly a year. Some of you will know it. It was one of the songs that came out in 2019. The song is called Waymaker, and I know this is the song the Holy Spirit wants us to sing. You know why? Because God has made a way for you to be here today. Those of you in the atrium, cafe, church space here, 
God has made a way. Same with those at the next service in all those spaces. God has made a way. He's a way maker. And we're saying, here I am, Lord, recalibrate. Do you ever have Google Maps on and you're looking for a place and the road is blocked and you can't go the road it's telling you to go, so you've got to keep going straight? And she goes, recalibrate, recalibrate. Well, we've got to recalibrate our souls. What is it you want to say to me, Lord? We're going to sing the song, Would You Stand? And you can throw up the words, thank you, Benny, of Waymaker, as the guys lead us. I just want to share some prophetic words, and then we're going to pray before we close in about seven or eight minutes. But let's do it. Zosha. You are here, moving in the midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you, I worship you, you are a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, you are a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. We're going to sing that again in just a moment. But can we all close our eyes? Can I ask you, just as your eyes are closed, I feel the Holy Spirit saying, some of us have come through the door today and we're stung. Have you ever got a sting of a bee or of a nettle? It's not just an instant thing and it's gone. There's an after effect of the sting. And someone has done something or a situation has happened and you are still stung by that today. And Jesus is saying, he's watching, he's here, and he wants to take the sting away. So with our eyes closed, I'm going to ask that you lift your hands to heaven. Those of you who identify with that, I want to pray for you. I see your hands. I see those hands. Don't be ashamed. No one is looking. Everyone else has their eyes closed. Holy Spirit of the living God, would you come and move in power? Because you are the one who moves and walks throughout this place. And we pray now, Jesus, that you remove the sting as a parent would remove a bee sting from a child's arm. Remove those hurtful words. Remove that closed door feeling. Remove the sense of rejection or confidence lost. Oh God, and pour in the ointment of your presence into each soul and heart and mind each man and woman with their hands lifted up come now Holy Spirit and do a life giving transformative work and bring healing and restoration now in the name of Jesus and the people of God said 
the Lord would say to someone as well, so I'm just going to prophesy it. You have heard and you have seen what you should not have heard and should not have seen. The walls were like paper in your experience. And instead of thick brick, you had a sheet of paper between what you didn't want to see and what you didn't want to hear. And the Lord would say no. The boundary that was crossed is not lethal. For I am picking you up now, says the Lord, and I am restoring you. I am bringing you back on the right side of that boundary and the lie and the deception of Satan to get you to cross the line you should not have crossed. I am erasing that, says the Lord, because his lie to you is that you can't get restoration out of this and my word to you says the Lord is that I am bringing you back and you will never cross that line again today is a day of healing today is a day of future for you lift up your heart lift up your eyes because the healing I am doing now will never be undone again says the Lord your God hallelujah want to do a general call if you want to say to the Lord maybe some of you are already there I respect that of course but maybe some of us need to say in this great reset Lord here I am I'm not sure but here I am I'm ready for you to recalibrate to push the button to update my spiritual software here I am first time this year in the house of God walking among the people of God I know you're here Jesus your eyes are looking at me and so I as I stand here today I say reset me God and show me the way you want to go because I want to follow if you haven't done that before, if you haven't done it recently and you're willing to do it now, would you lift your hand up? Just doing it here in the house of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you, if you're able, would you kneel? Kneel where you are. I'm going to kneel. Because God sees us when we humble ourselves and don't have a proud opinion of ourselves. He opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So for those who are praying the prayer, if you could just kneel and lift your hands. And those of you who've already done it, maybe you'd reach out your hand towards the people who are kneeling down. Just support them and reach out. Here we are, O oh God, in your house. Maybe we're like that man who was paralyzed. We didn't take such a risk, but yet we're here. And we know you're here and you're watching us. So we pray now, Lord, in this recalibration, in this spiritual software update, Lord, as we are reset, we say, here I am, Lord. Can we say those words together? Here I am, Lord, at the count of three. One, two, three. Here I am, Lord. Do what you will with us. Show us the way you want us to go. What do you want us to do? We are willing to be in the center of your will, whatever that is. And so on our knees, with our hands raised up in the house of God, on this, the 16th day of May, in the year of our Lord, 
2021 here in Cork, Ireland, McCurtain Street, in Grace Christian Church. Reset us, O God. Our ears and our hearts and our minds are open to hear what your Holy Spirit would whisper this week. Use us in the weeks and the months and the years ahead. And as we pray, we pray, Lord, may the doors of our church never close again. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Praise God. Let's stand and let's sing this as a declaration about the future. Waymaker, Zosha. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You are here, turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you. Light in the darkness, my God, 
Let's go into the week with our souls strengthened and encouraged. Let's lift up our hands one last time. For the week ahead, as our country opens up, we pray, O oh God, give wisdom to the government, and we pray bring healing to our land, not just physical, but spiritual, O oh God. And may each one of my brothers and sisters and the people we love Walk with the power of God going before us and the strength of God within us and the ecclesia light of God shining out through us as we go to work, as we go to school, as we mix in the shop or in our neighborhood. Use us, O oh God. Protect us and bless us for the week ahead until we gather again next Sunday. We pray it in Jesus' name and one last time, the people of God with a loud voice said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for coming. As Michael said, in a couple of weeks, we're going to open the Courtyard Cafe. But until then, we can serve coffee, but soon and very soon, we're going to go out the door here to the... Uh, your left, it's a one-way system. Sosha and the band are going to play us out. God bless you and hope we see you next Sunday. Zosha.